chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. <clears throat> Some of you are wondering about uh, what keeps us busy serving the Lord, and we still are busy serving the Lord. We moved five years ago, almost five years ago, to Montana. We live near Billings, and um, we are members of a church outside of Billings in a town called Laurel, Montana, and we're members of an independent fundamental Baptist church. And uh, But many times I'm gone, and Mrs. Hoover travels with me some, and we travel the country. I'm focused on church planting, trying to help see brand new Bible-believing churches established in communities where the gospel is needed. And so that's our ministry. We have an organization that we started years ago. Actually, Evangelist Hoover, my father, uh, in 1997, 96, in that, that range, over 25 years ago, uh, started Inner City Baptist Missions when Souls Harbor was 10 years old, 1996. My father came to me and he said, I'm, I'm amazed. God has been so good in reaching into the city. And he said, I see the great need around America to reach our major cities. And uh, how truly, not that he was a prophet, he was a preacher. A preacher is a forth teller. But he could see down the road and could see the great needs of our cities. And in those 25 plus years, the need has grown and grown and grown. And the need to get the gospel into the city, into the city. The cults are in the city. All kinds of things are in the city. But the gospel many times is not as prevalent as it needs to be. And oh, how we need to get the good news that Jesus saves into the city. And so we started then with my father what is called Inner City Baptist Missions. And uh, we continue that. We're seeing great things happen. Just spent a few, uh, several days in Atlanta. And in fact, when I was here <coughs> back in June, I shared that in Atlanta. And what a great opportunity to see a brand new church started right downtown in a great needy area. And the City Baptist Church, Pastor Mark McElreath and his wife, Katie and a wonderful group of people and started this new church. They rented a Baptist church building. The Baptist church meets on Sunday afternoon, so they're able, City Baptist is able to meet there on Sunday morning. And uh, what a great blessing. Great, great city. You think Atlanta, you think, oh, there must be the gospel there. But over the last 20 years, hundreds of Bible-preaching churches have fled out of the city, and that's not right. We need the gospel to to come into the city and the city to be impacted with the good news, the hope that is found in the truth that Jesus saves. And so here is a, here's a church that's gone back into the city, City Baptist, brand new church. You pray for them, would you please? Pray for their need of a building. And they reach, they're out every Saturday. I went with them every day. I went because I was there and so, but every Saturday the church goes out and knocks on doors. And so we went out, the pastor's son, five or six years of age, his name is Max. Max was my partner, and so we knocked on doors together. And Max was very bold. And uh, I knocked on a door, nobody answered. I'm used to putting the, the, the card, the invitation with the gospel message in the door as I leave if they don't answer. 
and uh, I didn't have it in there just like Max wanted it. So Max, Max get pastor, I need to fix this. Okay, Max, go ahead. That's great. And uh, so I'm usually the one trying to get it just right. But uh, what a blessing to go door to door and to see church building after church building. This is sad. Empty, empty. Church building after church building, empty as we'd go door to door. Right in the middle of the block, there'd be an old, old church. And we'd go up there and dilapidated. Many of those, they did a survey recently. Many of those church buildings have been turned into um, mosques, Muslim mosques, Hindu temples, Buddhist temples, dance halls, uh, all, just the list, a huge long list. I recently printed that in my update. And um, I believe you, you have a missionary uh, book in the back where you have your missionary letters. And uh, in that book, next week you'll find that update that I put out every month <clears throat> about the great need of our cities. And so we have changed the name of Inner City Baptist Missions to Reaching America Baptist Partners because the demand, the call for reaching and planting churches has expanded now beyond cities, and we still have that focus. That's our number one focus, but we go anywhere. There, somebody says, we need to plant a church in this town. Maybe they don't have an inner city, but they have people that need Jesus. And so what a blessing to reach America. And we have a great partnership with many groups, and we call it Reaching America Baptist Partners. Appreciate your prayer for us as we continue the great work. Uh, pray for Pastor and Mrs. Hoover this week as they are in California at a great Bible conference. Pray that God will just bless their hearts, <clears throat> encourage them, and they'll come back refreshed. And uh, sometimes we go on vacation, but we go home to rest up from vacation. And uh, so pray for them. They flew out yesterday and got in last night to Los Angeles, rented a car, and drove up to Lancaster. And then they'll fly back and get home here in Milwaukee late Saturday night, and he'll be in the pulpit Sunday. So pray for them. They'll be tired, but uh, they're young. Amen? They're young. And uh, God has given to Mrs. Hoover and I a lot of, lot of them vigor and vitality. We still travel the country. And when I'm by myself, I travel and stay in rest areas and stay out of the motels. And uh, the motels maybe are exciting to you, but they've lost all glow to me. And, uh, but uh, God is good. We're not complaining. We're doing better than we deserve. But uh, I just stay in those rest areas for an hour or two and get back on the road and keep on driving. And uh, so the Lord's work requires haste, folks. The Lord's work requires haste. We only have so much life. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. The Lord's work requireth haste. May we get on, get on with it. As they say in Montana, let's get on the giddy up and uh, let's get on with it. There's much to be done for God's glory. And uh, we, we miss Wisconsin and we miss the area, but are thankful that God's people are faithful. I'm sorry to take so long with the introduction, but we'll get right to the message. I ask you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 12. We'll read down through verse number 19. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 19. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. Notice that. You know, I've read that hundreds of times in my life. But when it comes to you, 
We have many fiery trials, I'll assure you, in 30 years. 30 years pastoring here. But nothing like I've, we've gone through. When you read that verse now, when I read that verse now, it really jumps off the page. Notice what it says there again, verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange. In other words, don't think it unusual. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing or unusual thing happened unto you. But what does he say in verse 13? Everyone together after the first word, the second word, everyone, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding what? Joy. You say, well, I, I hear that everywhere. We're supposed to rejoice. Well, it's true. It's hard, but it's true. The joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. I see God's people weary, wore down, weak. Got all the fingers pointed back here. But because we're not thankful and keeping our eyes on that which we do have and we are so blessed now when we use that word blessed we immediately think of material things the things of this life these things are all going to burn up they're all going to pass away but being blessed is knowing Christ and knowing heart stops present with the Lord that's a blessing I've got that. You that know Jesus, you've got that. The devil's constantly telling you you don't, but God knows you do. By God's grace, you are a child of God. And the devil tries to discourage you. But let me tell you, friends, today, if you know Jesus, you're a child of God. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. Think of that blessing. And you know what? Nothing can touch you. There is no downside with all the things, flood, fire, as it says here, famine, pestilence, the end of the world. None of it can touch us that are saved. Because what's the worst thing that the devil can bring about us? By the way, he wants to kill you right now today, not five years down the road, not 10 years, not 100 years. He wants you dead right now. You just being alive every single day is a gift from God. He's the one that's sustaining us. He's the one that's keeping us alive. Lord, I love the dear folks in the city. This is how they pray. Lord, thank you for another day. And I love this prayer. Where fire didn't start, where floods didn't come, and, and they pray that prayer. You know, that blessed my heart when I heard that for the first time. Because I, I just took everything for granted, you know. But these dear folks... They've been through the fire, you know, and they were just like, thank you, Lord. You've given me another day, and that's the way we ought to live. We do, oh, you say, that, that's living awful close to the ground, preacher. Well, that's where I, I've been walking, close to the ground. How about you? Amen? I'm not flying around like an eagle, even though we are on wings as eagles because of God's grace, amen? But you know what? I'm walking around down to earth, amen? I love that. One day at a time. Not taking for granted, oh yeah, what am I going to do to waste another day? No, every day is precious. May we make this day count. May we be careful with each minute, each moment. 
Love that old time song. Moment by moment, I'm kept in his love. Moment by moment. It's a great old hymn in your hymn book. Moment by moment. 1 Peter chapter 12, 4, verse 12, we read down there to verse 13. Now let me finish. <clears throat> I'm not asking you to read out loud yet. Verse 14, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. In other words, you may say, well, what does that word mean, reproached? Go through trial. Uh, get somebody cuss you out. Reproached. Uh, hate to be so graphic here, but, but rejoice. If you be reproached, verse 14, for what? The name of Christ. Oh, you Christians, right? That's what's going on in this world today. Oh, you Christians, you think you're better than everybody else. No. Let me tell you what, we're not better than anybody else. We've just been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. We're saved by God's grace. We don't deserve it. We're blessed. Nothing that we have done. Oh, you think you're better? No. We're trying to live like Jesus, right? We're trying to live like the Lord. We're trying to follow the Bible. Amen? But we're, you know, oh, you Christians, if ye be reproached from the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is what? Glory. See, the world will speak evil, but our part is, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. You see, I, I want to work for my salvation. You can't. You would never be able to buy what Jesus did at Calvary. He went there and he hung and died and he shed his precious blood. Oh, the devil hates that. He shed his precious blood for you. Sinless, perfect blood for you and me. Free gift. So great salvation. Going on. Verse 14 again, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Verse 15, but let none of you suffer as murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet, if any man suffer as a, notice that word, capital C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N, Christian, Little Christ, let him not be ashamed. Suffering for Christ, right? Might say, I'm weary of this, preacher. I'm weary of suffering for Jesus. I'm weary. Our life is like a vapor. It may seem long to us, but it's short. It's just, it won't be long, Christian, by the way. Live it. Live it out. God doesn't call you to go commit suicide, end it. No, God called you to live it out. Give it all, no matter how deep the water, how hot the fire, how dark the day and night. Press on that you may, what, verse 16, suffer as a Christian. Let him not be ashamed, but let him, what, glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. 
And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, there shall be ungodly, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. So let me share this with you. Satan will try to shake you to your foundation, right to the bottom of your feet, the soles of your feet. The devil will try to shake you. Pastor and Mrs. Hoover have a, a little dog. Some of you have seen it. And uh, it's a puppy, and it'll get a hold of a, a toy or something it shouldn't get a hold of. And it will do this. Instinctively, those dogs know to shake it. They get a hold of it. You know, it, it's the animal kingdom. They get a hold instinctively of something that's in their, uh, you know, uh, food chain. And they know, boom, boom, it'll break the neck of that other creature. Okay, not to be focused on that this morning, but I'm going to tell you what, that's what the devil likes to do to us. He likes to shake us, sift us as wheat. You see, that's all Bible. Sift us. He, wants, he wanted to sift old Peter. He wanted to shake up old Peter, and Peter succumbed for a while, didn't he, huh? But then he got back on the victory side, amen? Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Finally, he got a broken heart, and he become a, became a champion for God. Now, let's not go through all that so God can get our attention. Let's just start right now this morning and say, Lord, I surrender. That doesn't mean trial may not come. That doesn't mean trial is going to bypass us. But let me tell you what. Let's just decide this morning. Come what may. None of us know. We can't even imagine what God may bring across our path. Okay? And sometimes he doesn't tell us. Why? Because we'd quit. We'd throw up our hands and say, no, Lord, no, Lord. No, I, I just don't want that. He says, it's for your good. And someday we'll understand it by and by. You say, how could it be for my good? It's bad. <laughs> how could it be for good when it's bad? It's bad in our human perspective, but it's good in our eternal perspective, in our eternal, the big picture future. Is this it down here for you all? Huh? No. I know the, the common phrase amongst even the lost today is, oh, they went to a better place. No, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I'm sorry, the Bible's very clear. You're not going to a better place. You say, oh, that's terrible, preacher. I don't like that. Well, you don't have to stay on that other side. You can come to the Savior today. You can come right to the cross. You can come right to Calvary and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I admit I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin and save me right now. And by the way, you don't have to ask God twice. Immediately. He makes you his child. Eh? There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. Amen. Isn't that exciting? Amen. So let's go on here this morning. Uh, I'm going to give you boom, 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 several scriptures, and then we'll get right to the message, the outline, and we'll be done. Lamentations, or let's turn to 1 Peter 5. We're right here in 1 Peter 4. So over to 1 Peter chapter 5, next chapter. Let's look <clears throat> at uh, verse 7. 
What should we do? How should we live? Hmm? We're being shaken, even when we're not being shaken. Let's say everything's blue skies, perfect. It is a beautiful day in Milwaukee, by the way. And, uh, oh, everything is just beautiful weather-wise. Everybody's smiling at us. and Everybody gave us a rose today. Oh, we're just having a great day. Amen? What does it say? 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him. For he what? Careth for you. Be sober. God's people need to enjoy the Christian life, but there's time for seriousness. Amen? Be sober. Be vigilant. Be aware. Why? Because you're adversary. You know what that word means? Your enemy. He is not your friend. Oh, he comes up here and he goes, I'm your buddy. What's your name? Oh, don't worry about that. His name is Lucifer. His name is Satan, the devil. As a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may what? He doesn't love you. He hates you. He wants to destroy you. Last time I checked, I don't want to hang with that crowd, okay? Right? They want to kill me. I'm not hanging around. I'm getting out of there. That's why Jesus said repeatedly, get thee behind me, Satan. Get lost, old smutty face. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may, what? Devour. You know what that means. Verse 9, whom resists steadfast. In other words, keep daily resisting, standing against, saying no to the devil. Not ever saying yes to the devil. Whom resists steadfast in the what? Faith. Oh, I have to keep my eyes on Jesus because if I take my eyes off Jesus, I give writing. I give writing to the old devil. Whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions, the same ones, are accomplished in your brother, your brethren, your brothers and sisters that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, he will make you perfect. He'll mature you. He'll grow you up. Notice that. Establish, strengthen, settle you. That's what I need. I need to be established. I need to be grown up. I need to be settled. I need to be settled in Christ, just strong, just like a flint. Wind against, there's no wind in Milwaukee, I know. I went out to Montana and found wind. Oh, there's plenty, plenty of wind here, over 40 years of uh, that wind coming off of Lake Michigan, amen? Stand against the old devil. This is in the spiritual life now. You know, some of us are just so, if I could just get physically through the day, I need to get spiritually through the day and in the day in victory, not, oh, I just made it, I barely made it. Be strong in the Lord. Stand up all through our hymn book. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. It's time for V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory. Hey, I want to end the day in victory. I may be tired, exhausted physically. Wow. Driving here two days, and then, whew, yesterday was wild. Dog, three grandchildren. Wow. Oh, I was tired. Amen. But I can be strong in Christ. I can be, but sometimes I'm not. I'm going to get to that in a minute. His strength is perfect. When my strength is 
is weak. His strength is perfect. And so this morning we see here, this is what we're to do. Cast all our care upon him, for he careth. How about lamentations? You say, well, pastor, I'm afraid of the fire. I'm afraid. Uh, I'm afraid what might happen. Uh, Lamentations, the great book. You know what this book was? It was the record of the lamenting, the cries of the crying, the weeping prophet Jeremiah. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 Lamentations 3:22 it is of the Lord's mercies. I'll give you a minute to get there. Lamentations chapter 3. I apologize for rushing. Lamentations 3:22 it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, burned up because his compassions fail up. It's his mercy that I am not totally consumed. It's of his mercies. Amen. Notice verse 23. They are new. His mercies are new. Great is thy faithfulness, right? The Lord is my what? Portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is a good thing that a man should both hope and quietly wait. I changed the words there. Let me get it right. Verse 26. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of of the Lord. It is good that we should wait. I don't like to wait, preacher. How about Psalm 90, verse 10? Psalm 90, verse 10. I don't like to wait, preacher. I, I like to go. Well, I, I concur with that. I like, uh, one of our models here years ago was the church of the green light. We were going with the what? With the gospel. Go. I don't like red lights. But in order to have a green light, we have to have a red light, right? And so sometimes we do need to stop and just walk with the Lord. Be just content. Walk with the Lord. Not ahead, not behind. With. With. Well, well Lord, we've got to hurry up, hurry up. The world is lost and dying. If anybody knows that, it's God. And sometimes I wonder, Lord, I, I want to do more. Why do you have me in a, a place of, of, of slowness or, or even stop? I don't know all those answers, but I know God is in control, and I need to let him be in control, right? Uh, Psalm 90 and verse 10. Psalm 90, verse 10. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. If by reason strength they be fourscore years. In other words, our days average, God says, are going to be 70 years. But if by strength they are 80, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we what? Fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So what? Get this verse. If you don't get any other verse, get this one. Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Wow. Isn't that great? Teach us every day. Lord, another day. Oh, may I have victory. May the devil lose it in my life today. May Jesus win and be glorified. Remember, it's of the Lord's mercies that we're not what? Consumed. And so a little treatise here from Galatians 6 now. Galatians 6 verse 7. Several things. These are verses that you know, but you need to hear it again. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. We're going to look at 7, 8, 9, and 10. Galatians 6. Now a little theme in each one. A little theme. A little theme. A little theme. Galatians 6. Remember, what is God's purpose in these trials? What is God's purpose in the fire that he puts us through? What is God's purpose? Ask Brother Job. Job, what do you think God's purpose was by taking away your whole family? 
Job, Brother Job, what, what was God's purpose? What was his plan in taking away your whole family? What, what was his purpose in taking away your, your complete livelihood? The richest man on the planet at that time, Brother Job. God, uh, Job, what was the purpose? Well, I know Job says I, he did have a purpose. He does have a purpose. I'm example exhibit A of God's purpose. What was it? Notice, notice what it says, Galatians 6, 7. Everyone, notice, <clears throat> be not what? Everyone together, deceived. Now that's, that's good, be not deceived. Hold that thought. God is not what, everyone? Mocked. I'll, I'll read on. For whatsoever a man, everyone, soweth, and then puts down in his life what he lives, how he lives it out, it, this is the decisions that he makes. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Get back. Verse 8. So first thing, verse 7, God will not be mocked. You say, well, I know better than God. You know what God calls that? That attitude? You know better than God? God says, thou fool. Thou fool. God is not mocked. Notice. Next verse. Verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap what? Corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life, what? Everlasting. Okay? Number one, verse seven, God will not be bought. Verse eight, don't sow to the flesh. Most common, most natural thing in our life is to sow to the flesh, to, to focus on just this, just this, the, the flesh, our appetite, the eye gate. The mind gate, the ear gate, all those gates that come and feed, 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 feed our flesh. God is not mocked. Don't sow to the flesh. Next verse, verse 9. If you want to have victory over these trials, if you want to understand, if you want to go through with victory through the fires and the things that God has, get this. Verse 9, and let us not be Weary and well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Quickly, don't be weary. You're going to say, wow, this is great. I love coming to Souls Harbor. I got involved in ministry. Uh, I'm serving the Lord. Uh, 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 it's great. Summertime. Oh, it's still warm. It's September. Come December, January, February, March. Boy, my body, my flesh does not feel like getting out there on that hunk of steel called the church bus. Boy, I don't want to go out there and do that. I'd rather stay home on Saturdays in bed. Nice, warm bed. You know, God has given us a place, a Sunday school class, the bus route, cleaning the church. One thing for sure, every Christian, every believer is to be a witness for Jesus Christ. To not just have tracks stacked up in the glove box of your car, but to be giving them out on a regular basis, talking to somebody about Jesus. You say, I don't have a ministry at church, but I'm talking to somebody every day about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus all the time. Okay? Cold. Oh, I know it's cold. You know what? Where we live in Montana, it gets cold. Very cold. And we happen to live in a place where I don't know what it is. It's extremely windy. 
very windy, even windier than the windy city, cities, Chicago, Milwaukee. It, it's windy. And that cold sweeps through there. Brr. The younger I get, the more it bothers me. Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for we shall reap if we faint not. Number one, God will not be mocked. God's word will come to pass. You say, well, God, where are you? I'm in this trial. I'm in this fire. Where are you? God changes not. It will come to pass. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Hey, the devil says, where is God? The people of the devil, they need Jesus. Boy, they, they'll make fine believers once they get saved, amen? So don't, don't cut them off. We don't need to listen to their ungodly message, but they just need to be saved. Did you know that? That was you and me before we got saved, right? That was you and me. God is not mine. Where is God? He was supposed to come back and get save all you Christians. He will. He's already saved me and you. He saved us. He's just going to come and reunite physically as he brings us home to glory, absent from the body, present with the Lord, and or the rapture where he will come and he will take us to be with him. Okay, number seven, God will not be mocked. Verse eight, don't sow to the flesh. Verse nine, don't be weary in well-doing. Now, how about verse 10? Verse number 10, notice what it says there. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. God has a purpose. Did you know that God's purpose is that we would have his purpose? Yeah, his purpose is that we would have his purpose. His, his purpose is that we would live out his plan. His purpose is that we would submit. His purpose is that we would give in. Not my will, but thine be done. Who said those words? Not my will, but thine be done. The Lord Jesus in the <clears throat> Garden of Gethsemane, the night before the crucifixion. Not my will, what? Thine be done. If you and I start saying that all the time to the Lord. Not my will, but thine be done. Oh, by the way, it's got to be more than lip service. It's got to be life service, right? Oh, we say a lot of things. You know the old saying, talk is cheap? We say a lot of things that we don't live out. So, not my will, but thine be done. 2 Corinthians 4, now we're really going to speed. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Notice these words, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that's our, our life, our body, that the ex excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every what? Side. Yet not what? Distress. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always about, bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death. For Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have 
the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up also us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might be through the thanksgiving of many, we down to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. God has a purpose. It needs to be our purpose. What is his purpose? That we would shine for Jesus. You say, is that, is that simple? If we just have some basic Bible principles that we live by. You don't have to have a Bible college education. You just need to walk with God and say, yes, Lord, I surrender. I will shine if it's dark and dreary and nasty and mean and the streets are mean. Let me shine and keep my eyes fixed on you. Think of this little chorus, little children's chorus. Jesus bids us shine with a clear, pure light, like a little candle burning in the night. In this world of darkness, we must shine. You in your small corner and I in mine. Jesus bids us shine, first of all for him. Well, he sees and knows it if our light grows dim. He looks down from heaven to see us shine. You in your small corner and I in mine. Jesus bids us shine. Then for all around, many kinds of darkness in the world abound, sin and want and sorrow. So we must shine, you in your small corner, and I in mine. Jesus bids us shine as we work for him, bringing those that wander from the paths of sin. He will ever help us if we shine, you in your small corner, and I in mine. Number one. God's purpose. Number two this morning, and this is very short and will be done. God has a plan. God has a purpose, and now God has a plan. First of all, that we shine. By the way, God, when we wake up to tragedy, boom, that phone call comes. Boom, the letter comes. Boom, the knock at the door. God is never surprised. He's always aware. We go, Lord, were you asleep? Were you on vacation? I don't mean to be sacrilegious, but I'm telling you what, humanly speaking, there are sometimes we ask questions. Lord, where were you? He was fully aware, and he has a plan. He has a plan. His timetable is perfect. Ours sometimes is not in sync with God's timetable. God, get this now, is never rushed. His hand on the wheel of life is always steady and strong. We can and should always trust in him completely with everything, every fiber of our being, everything we have. We need to keep showing up every day. 
wake up in the morning. What am I doing? Where am I at? I often ask that as I travel. Where am I at this morning? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in New York City today. What am I supposed to do in New York City? Shine for Jesus. Wake up. Shine. Trust in him completely. Lord, thank you. You're at the wheel. Amen? You know the saying, God is my co-pilot? No, God is my pilot. I'm doing good if I'm sitting in the front seat. He probably wants me to sit in the booster seat in the back. In him completely, we have everything. We need to keep showing up and not give up. His plan is that we might be allowed to do his work in us and through us in order that we might be made perfect or mature. His strength is perfect. What a great truth this is. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But sometimes I wonder what he can do through me. No great success to show, no glory of my own, yet in my weakness he is there to let me know his strength is perfect. When our strength is gone, he'll carry us when we can't carry on. Raised in his power, the weak become strong. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect. We can only know the power that he holds when we truly see how deep our weakness goes. His strength in us begins where ours comes to an end. He hears our humble cry and proves again. His strength is perfect. When our strength is gone, he'll carry us when we can't carry on. Raised in his power, the weak become strong. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect. You know what Paul said in Philippians 3.13? We won't turn there. He said, forgetting those things which are behind I press toward the mark. With eternity's values in view, Lord, with eternity's values in view, may I do each day's work for Jesus with eternity's values in view. I found a quarter one time on the ground, and I've been looking for another one ever since. But I haven't accomplished much else. Right? Lift up your eyes. Look up with eternity's values in view. May I do each day's work for Jesus with eternity's values in view. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Father, we thank you now for this day. Lord, we've packed a lot into this message. We've tried to challenge God's people, needle them a little bit. We've tried to stir things up. But Lord, the goal is that we might look up. The goal is that we might keep our eyes fastened on you. The goal is to realize, yes, yes, you are going to send trials. Lord, we're not talking about those self-afflicted things, the wrong decisions we make in our life. We're not talking about sin that we egregiously commit. We're talking about things as we live our Christian life, maybe even close to you, which we ought to be. The trials that you send to make us stronger, to make us closer to you, to draw us closer. Those are not meant, those tests are not meant to drive us away. Those tests are not meant to discourage us. 
help us as we started right off the very first verse, 1 Peter chapter 4. Think it not strange when fiery trials. Think it not strange. Lord, help us. Help us to grow up spiritually and start to realize, okay, Lord, what do you have in store for me today? May I do each day's work for Jesus with eternity's values in view. Help us to realize you have a purpose and you have a plan. May your purpose be our purpose. May your plan become our plan. Lord, there may be somebody here that has never given their heart to Jesus, never been saved. If they were to die right now, they would go into eternity without you. They'd be hopeless, hopeless. You didn't intend that. You only intended that they would put their faith and trust in you. You've been reaching out to them. You've been sending people with the good news, the gospel. They are here this morning in this service, and they need to know that your word says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They need to realize that the wages of that sin, the price of that sin, the result of that sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Bless now. Have your will and way. Help these folks to realize all have sinned. They're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Help them to realize we're hopeless without Christ. You provided the free, free gift of salvation when you went all the way to Calvary, all the way and allowed your own creation to nail you to that old rugged cross, to see that cross lifted high in the air and then dropped with a thud into the ground and to be there hour after hour after hour with your blood being freely bestowed, freely given. And then your final words, it is finished. The great work that you came to do all the way from the wonderful virgin birth of Christ all the way through eternity all the way down to that virgin birth of Christ the great work of saving the world and then growing here on this planet living amongst us without sin being a wonderful perfect example the very son of God God in the flesh deity and then allowing your own creation to hang you upon that cross and staying there when you could have called to be taken off that cross, but you stayed for you, for us. Help us, Lord. Thank you for dying. Thank you for staying. And then going into the grave for three days and three nights. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for rising from that tomb, alive and seen by 500 witnesses. Thank you for that. And then ascending back and saying, let not your heart be troubled. I will come again. We know that you've always kept your word. And so we fully believe that you will keep your word. And that you will return. We know according to the rest of the word of God. That there is an event called the great catching away. For those that are saved. We know that our loved ones. And even we can look forward to this if we pass naturally in this life and go into eternity that we will immediately be with the Lord thank you for that moment yet you could come today in the great catching away 
and we which are alive after those that are dead are caught up we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and so shall we be so shall we forever be with the Lord Father we pray that you'll bless now in a wonderful way in this service pray for his lost souls Lord we have much more to say to them but today if they will walk this aisle we will take the Bible and sit down with them and show them how they can have their sins forgiven and most of all that they can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords Jesus Christ God in the flesh the Son of God the Son of Man Father bless now have your will and way for us that are saved if uh, any Christian that needs to come Lord to the altar uh, draw them draw them right down here to kneel at the the steps here and to make this their place